This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Tonic, heard Saturday afternoons at 1 on Zoomer Radio. The following is a sponsored program. Zoomer Radio and MZ Media Incorporated do not endorse any of the statements or opinions made by the contributors. The more stressed you are, the more important a hack is. Because the more stressed you are, the more likely you are to say to yourself, I got so much other things going on, I'll exercise next week, I'll exercise next month. But you gotta start today being the future self you wanna be tomorrow. Welcome to The Tonic. I'm your host, Jamie Bussin, and we're here to talk about your health and wellness. On today's show, we're going to discuss the importance of the source of your protein. We're also going to learn all about fitness hacks. Then we're going to figure out how to have a healthy Thanksgiving. And lastly, we're going to talk about what to do when your kids come back to the empty nest. But first, a little bit of business. Today's show is brought to you by Omega Alpha. Omega Alpha is 100% Canadian-owned and has been GMP-certified for manufacturing to pharmaceutical standards since its inception in 1992. It uses only all-natural herbs, vitamins, and minerals in their formulations. The company is site-licensed for manufacturing nutraceuticals by the Natural Health Products Directorate, a division of Health Canada. They have four company divisions, both a consumer line and professional line of human products, equine pet health products, and a custom manufacturing private label division. Omega Alpha uses only the highest quality ingredients to manufacture the most efficacious yet price-friendly nutraceuticals. For more information about Omega Alpha, visit their website at omegaalphainc.com. Omega Alpha's products are created by their scientific team headed by their owner, operator, and CEO, Dr. Gordon Chang. Dr. Chang holds a PhD in physiology and biomedical engineering from the University of Toronto. He also has two years postdoctoral experience in clinical biochemistry, looking at free radicals and antioxidants. He's published over 20 peer-reviewed articles and conference proceedings. Welcome back to the show, sir. Thanks for having me again, Jimmy. So today we got a big topic. We got a lot to cover today because it's all about proteins, right? Right. So let's start at the beginning. For those who don't know much about proteins, why don't you tell our listeners what are proteins and, and what do they do? Now, it's even more fundamental than that. You know, the three basic food groups that most people would, would think about would be proteins, carbohydrates, and fats, right? Yes. Yep. And there's the things like the minerals and the vitamins, etc. right? But the macronutrients are, would be protein, fats, and um, carbohydrates. Proteins are the building blocks for almost everything in your body. All the antibodies that you make, protein. All the, the muscle, Yep. Protein, all the blood, um, there's so many protein things in there. All the enzymes are protein. So this is why protein is important. Now, the catch with protein, though, is that people think you eat a piece of meat, you get protein, and the protein just magically appears in the bloodstream, and then the body uses it. That is what I thought. So you're going to edify me. Go ahead. No, it doesn't work that way. I wish okay. it was that simple. I what do, too. is that when you eat your protein, you ha- your body has to digest it out. And after digest it out into single amino acids, right? And mm-hmm. your single amino acids are then absorbed into the bloodstream. Then the body takes the single amino acids and rebuilds 
right, restructure all of its proteins on the inside. Huh. Now, most people, I think that's wasteful of the body, but there's a rationale for it because there's something called the immune system. If I was to take proteins from, say, a cow and just inject it into the bloodstream, I, it'll happen once. By the second or third time, you'll, get an, you'll elicit an immune response, which will probably cause anaphylaxis, right? Huh. That, this is one of the major reasons why everything is sent into the body as single amino acids. Right. right, so the body can absorb it in its smallest form, which are these acids, and then it creates what it needs from it, the acids. Yeah, it creates what it needs from the, from the single amino acids, right? Mm-hmm. And this is for everything in the body where protein is, is involved, right? Okay. Now, there are many sources of protein. Okay. Right? You can get it from eating meat, from milk, right, mm-hmm. from plant sources. Right. right. Meat protein is the best protein I see from meat is normally a chunk of steak, or a chunk chicken breast. You get 20% protein. So mm-hmm. people may ask, well, what's the other 80%? A lot of times the other 80% is, could be fat. Yep. It could be moisture, right? There's not that much carbs, but it's fat, moisture. That, that's your basic extras. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. Now, the question is, why do you want protein, right? Yeah. Where do you need? I, I know everybody's taking protein. Like if you're a weekend warrior, everybody says, oh, you should get more protein because that makes your muscles grow. Yep. And that is true because when you exercise a lot, you have wear and tear on your, on your system. Yep. The wear and tear in your system actually breaks down proteins, right? You have to rebuild some of that muscle tissue and you need proteins for that. Right. right. So if you're doing something like you're trying to build muscle, you're going to have to have more protein in that's, order to build that muscle. That's back. correct. Yep. Right. Now, what I would like to talk a little bit about is protein for people who are covering from illness or people who are in the midst of battling an illness. Okay. The reason that's important is because that's some of the things that a lot of us overlook, right? Because, mm-hmm. for example, if you're a cancer sufferer, right, what people don't realize is that you need protein to build antibodies to fight off the effects, of, to fight your cancer cells, right? Yes. Your basic immune structure. Even if you have allergies, right? You know, the antibodies that are reacting for the, in the allergies requires protein, right? So what you need to do in order to, f- to fight a lot of these illnesses, you need to build up your protein stores, right? And if you're not eating well, what happens is that the body's going to say, well, I need protein. Where am I going to get it from? So what happens is that they take it from the muscle, right? right? And that's why you see people who have, say, cancer or any type of illnesses. Yeah, it looks like they've, they, they've atrophied. Yeah, right. they atrophy because the body's really stealing the protein from there. So you need to get your protein into your body. Now, the food sources of protein, is a, your highest protein source is probably meat. Yes. But as I said, 20% protein. So in order to get 100 grams of protein into you, if you were to eat meat, you need to take 500 grams of meat to get 100 grams, that's 20%, right? right? Last time I looked, most people have a hard time choking down 100, 500 grams, which is half a kilo. Yeah, that's, of, about, that's, a, little over, that's about a, pound, a little over a pound of meat, right? Yeah, and that's a lot of meat to consume. And if you don't have an appetite, that's a, it's very tough to get it from meat. Right, right? from a diet, yep. All right, mm-hmm. so your next best source is from milk protein, yes. right? Now, the problem with milk protein is that you can't drink milk and get all that protein in because the problem with milk is that it has something called lactose and it has a lot of fluid, Correct. right? So you drink a lot of fluid, so it'll fill you up with the fluid. So one of the best ways of getting protein now is the, the people use um, 
protein drinks or they use pr- um, powders, right. protein powders, right? right? Mm-hmm. Protein powders can give you anywhere from 80 to 90% protein per scoop, right? Yes. And again, it depends on what flavors, et cetera, et cetera. Right now, the biggest ones that you can buy are whey protein, right? But yep. what people don't realize about whey protein, whey protein is the stuff that that's left over after you make your cheese and your butter, you know, that white yes. runny it's stuff. It's chalky, yep. yeah. All they do, they take that, blow off the water, dry off the water, and they have that, that what's left of it is the protein. But what you should be looking for is milk protein isolate. Milk protein isolate is the stuff that you take whole milk, yes. you take out the fat, you take out the lactose, right? So all, mm-hmm. you have all of the ingredients of milk protein. So you have all the immune glob, immunoglobulins that are special in milk. You have things like the lactoferrins and so on, which are immune boosters. Mm-hmm. You also have all your proteins from your caseins, etc. Now, some people will say, well, I am allergic to milk, yes. so I, I can't take whole milk, right? But they'll still consume whey. So my pushback against that has always been, well, if you're allergic to milk, you shouldn't be taking whey either, right? right? Because there's something in there you're probably allergic to if you're going to be allergic. Another thing, too, about a lot of people with proteins is that some people have a lactose intolerance. So this is why you need to take the protein isolate as opposed to the protein concentrate. I find with the whey powders, which I've tried from time to time, you know, people will send me samples for the magazine, is for me personally, this might be too much information, but I burp because I, I, I can't digest the whey powders as easily as perhaps some of the others. Well, it's not so much as you can't digest. What happens is that your body will produce enough um, what I call proteases to break down protein. Mm-hmm. But if normally together, as I said, normally together 100 grams of protein, you need half a kilo of meat, right? right. Nobody eats half a kilo of meat, wow. right? Unless you, you're actively like your bodybuilding or so, right? But yeah. most people will not eat. Yep. So what happens is the digestive enzymes in your stomach, your body's not pumping out enough digestive enzymes to actually help you digest that protein. Right. So if you're taking protein from a milk source or from a protein powder, unless they add digestive enzymes to the protein powder, right? Ah. You're not going to get the full amount and you're going to get a lot of undigested protein going through. And that's probably what's happening with me. That's one of the things. Sometimes if you are taking a brand where they they left too much lactose in there, you might be reacting to the lactose that's in there. Most, Most adults... Uh, lactose intolerant, right? But there's varying degrees. Some of us can take a little bit more lactose than others, right? Is that hereditary? That is hereditary, but it's an inducible enzyme, meaning that if you start taking it, if you take it enough, with time, you can build up a tolerance to it. It'll help break it down. But you're never going to be as tolerant as when you were a little child, right? Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. And, my, and my father was actually quite lactose intolerant <laughs> to the point where he couldn't have any of it. So that yeah. might explain my difficulties. Yeah. <laughs> but one of the things about, about protein, too, is that considering the source, milk protein is probably one of the most easily digested proteins available. Really? Okay. Yeah. Just because if you think about it, when you were a child... Right, in order to get a lot of, or even a baby, when you, in order for you to get a lot of protein into your system, because everything is growing at that point, right. so you need a lot of protein, right? Yep. And so you need to consume a lot of protein. So with milk protein, the digestive enzymes that we have can really break down milk protein most efficiently, right? And it's the same thing as we get older; the digestive enzymes really are very efficient at breaking it down. It's just about quantity. So if you're looking for a protein, a milk protein powder, make sure it has some digestive enzymes to help with the digestive process, right? 
Okay. Now, what you should also look for is a protein powder that has that's a milk protein isolate and not just a whey protein. Right. right? Mm-hmm. And the reason you want a milk protein isolate because it has a lot of the immunoglobulins already still in there that's already taken out from the whey protein because you have to remember when you make cheese and butter you've taken out a lot of that protein and you've taken out a lot of the what I call the, the lactoferrins and all, all those type of proteins they've all come out already right okay no but if you're strictly looking for just a straight protein source whey protein and milk protein is probably just as good because they have a good amino acid profile right mm-hmm. now the nice thing about protein milk protein right is that it's about the amino acid profile and that's important because there's normally roughly i think about 20 20 amino acids commonly available that's normal around right there's more than 20 but common use is roughly about 20 okay okay milk protein provides you with a good mix of that and the reason you want a good mix of that is because different types of protein in your body require different types of amino acids uh-huh. for example if you're trying to build connective tissue right yes you need more things like proline hydroxyproline which is stuff you find finding things like gelatin right, right? Yep. but milk protein also has a good supply of that right oh, but okay. if you were to eat gelatin alone or if you to eat gelatin alone, right, you won't get a lot of the other essential amino acids like methionine and so on. But it's really high in things like um, proline and hydroxyproline. So you see a role for different types of, of protein sources, right? So you, you're advocating perhaps meat, perhaps milk or, or whey-based or even plant-based, correct? Yes. We'll jump to the plant-based in a second. The, sure. the reason I want to talk about plant-based too is because I know they're vegans and they're yes. people who are vegetarians and who don't want to have anything to do with meat, with uh, milk protein. So for those people, you need to get a plant-based protein. Yes. The nice thing about plant-based protein too, you have to, not one plant gives you everything in equal amounts. And even though things like soy protein has, has all the amino acids, it doesn't have a lot of certain essential amino acids. So you need to blend it with a whole bunch of different types of plant protein to get a blend of amino... Uh, you have to get a protein blend that gives you a lot of the essential amino acids. Right. So and you, that's what you got to look for. So not just right. one source. If you're doing plant-based... Yeah. So w- for a proper balance, what should be in a plant-based source protein? Oh, oh there's many different types. I mean, you, you can use things like rice, but it has to be blended in with things like pea protein to give you different types, right? Mm-hmm. You have things like moringa, quinoa, all those type of proteins in there, protein from um, algal sources, right? Mm-hmm. Um, things like chlorella, spirulina, all high proteins. But if you were to take just one plant-based protein, right, yeah. it's not a good idea. Usually get a blend of the plant-based proteins in there so you, get, you cover most of the essential aminos that you'll find in your diet. Got it. Okay. Right? Yep. And now I know the last but not least, I want to talk a little bit about soy. A lot of people have issues with soy, mm-hmm. right? Because, but not everybody has issues with soy, right? Well, it, it, does it have something to do with hormones or am I... I'm, it, yeah, a lot of people say soy has a lot of estrogen, phytoestrogens. Right. My, my belief is that if you have too much estrogen in your body, it's a good thing to take soy because what soy does is that the estrogen, phytoestrogens from soy is not as active as the estrogens your body's producing. So it, it will compete with estrogens from the body for estrogen receptors. And if, if, the, if the estrogens from soy is less active, then that, what that would do is that it'll have a lesser estrogenic effect on the body because let's say you have 100 receptors, right? Yeah. Normally, if it's only from the body, you have the full effect of 100. But if you have 60 estrogen receptors from the body and 40 from soy, right, your nest, 
net estrogenic effect on the body is going to be less because, you know, the estrogens from soy is not as active. That, that's really interesting. It's counterintuitive. I would have thought the opposite, but yeah. that, that's interesting. So what are, what are some of the advantages of a plant-based protein other than we only have about a minute left? Save the planet. That's yep. one of the biggest advantages of a plant-based protein, yep. right? If you get the right mix of plant-based proteins, right, you can satisfy your amino acid profile requirements for the body, right? right? But, uh, I mean, for me, the path of easy and least resistance is to get whole milk protein, right, because it has all the essential aminos that you need, and you, more importantly, you have it in sufficient quantities. It's always about quantity, too. Right. Yep. Well, that's fantastic advice. Yep. Unfortunately, that's all the time we have today, but you'll be back next month, right? We will be, definitely. <laughs> okay, good. We've got to take a short break, but when we return, we'll discuss fitness hacks for the whole family on The Tonic. The Benvenuto Group is an owner and developer of quality high-rise condominium and rental properties in Toronto and Montreal. The Benvenuto team is passionate about delivering quality living spaces, top lifestyle amenities, important services, and innovative design tailored specifically to its residents in every particular submarket. The Benvenuto Group seeks out the finest urban neighborhoods and designs projects to allow its residents to enjoy the benefits of both their property and the exceptional locations that they become a part of. The team surrounds itself with leading professionals and consultants and pushes them to conceive great places to live, to work, and to play. The Benvenuto Group is currently designing several new projects in Toronto, Montreal, and Chicago that will not only become exceptional places to live as an owner or as a renter, but that will deliver some of the highest levels of sustainability, energy efficiency, and comfort, and will set the standard for informed residents. For more information, please visit thebenvenuto.com. The Tonic is brought to you by Purely Natural. Their liquid greens chlorophyll is the only line of soluble, grit-free, and great-tasting greens on the market. Liquid greens can easily be mixed with your favorite drink to provide a sustained, natural boost of energy to help you get through your day. There's unflavored, which is great with orange juice. The mint flavor is cool and refreshing. Dark chocolate has all the health benefits of a salad, but with a great chocolate taste. And for that extra detox boost, try activated charcoal and mint. Enjoy the energy. Enjoy the detox. Enjoy the great taste. Purely natural liquid greens. You're listening to The Tonic on Sumer Radio. Welcome back. Our next guest, Kathleen Trotter, is a fitness expert, nutritionist, life coach, monthly guest on BT Montreal and Rogers Ottawa, and author of the book Finding Your Fit. Welcome back to the show. It's my pleasure. So regular listeners know that you and I both think that fitness isn't just a means to an end, but rather a lifestyle decision. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a non-negotiable part of part of life because it feeds into everything. You're more fit, you have more energy, you're in a better mood. Yeah. And so today we're doing something a little bit different though. Instead of sort of talking about fitness as a as a lifestyle decision and a way of life. You're talking about little tricks, little Jedi tricks to get people I to like the follow idea through. Of Jedi tricks. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would actually say it falls under the same umbrella. Once you decide that exercise is a non-negotiable, you have to figure out how you're going to make that non-negotiable happen. And for some people, they can say, well, I'm just going to fit it into my schedule. It's done. But other people need a little bit more finesse, a little bit they're of They're undisciplined. Right? Yeah, they're undisciplined. Or they just want to make it fun, which is great. And that's the premise of my book. It's finding your fit. So what works for Jamie or Kathleen, if it doesn't work for you at home, that doesn't matter. You have to figure out what works for you. And 
you know, some of the hacks I'm going to talk about today, you're going to probably be at home being like, oh, that's a weird one. You know, like one of the things I love to do is I sleep in my exercise clothes. So when I wake up in the morning, it's one less thing that I have to do. And often when I'm sort of thinking about saying, ah, I'll skip my workout. I'm like, well, I'm already in my clothes, so I might as well get on that treadmill. Or I might as well, you know? There's a point of no return. Yeah, and every moment in life I try to say, okay, what's the thing I can do right now that's going to step me towards a healthier future? So when I'm going to sleep, if I think, well, my future self might want to skip my workout, I'm like, okay, the step I can take right now that's easy is just put on my gym shorts now, and then when I wake up in the morning, you know, I just put on a t-shirt and I go. But is that really an excuse for you? I, I can't go work out. I'm not in my gym shorts yet. You know, mm, that's not how I look at it. I just look at it making everything as easy as possible. Like there's okay. so many things that are not quote unquote real excuses, but right. people make them into real excuses. And if you just make things, if you set yourself up for success, so you know, another one of my clients, she does a thing where she gets up in the morning. Now she lives alone, so she always says to me, like, I know if I had a husband, I wouldn't maybe want to do this, but whatever. So she gets up and she takes her bra and she puts it over top of her nightgown, right? So she wears one of those like full length nightgowns and then she puts on her shoes. And she gets on the treadmill and she says, you know what, Kathleen, I get it done and that's all that matters. So for her, that's the hack that works. And I'm not sure if I would go that far, but it doesn't matter what I would do. It's what you would do, right? right. It's going to make it happen. So, so these, these hacks are inspirational. Somebody say, yes, that speaks to me and they may try it. Or like my mom, she always has an exercise bag in her car because she finds that her life is crazy. But sometimes somebody will cancel on her. So she'll be like, you know, I have an extra hour. So she'll just go to the gym. But if she didn't have the bag in her car, she would be like, well, I can't go to the gym, right? So for her, that's a hack that really works. Got it. So hacks are key, but why are they important now more so than ever? Well, I feel like we're going into the stress of the holidays. We came, we just came from the stress of September, you know, going transitioning back to life. And the more stressed you are, the more important a hack is. Because the more stressed you are, the more likely you are to say to yourself, nah, I got so much other things going on. I'll exercise next week. I'll exercise next month. But, you know, you got to start today being the future self you want to be tomorrow. So if you're really stressed, the time is now to figure out some type of motion. Now, that doesn't mean two hours going to the gym, right? And one of the hacks actually I talk about with my clients is disconnecting exercise from the gym because that can be a really big excuse. If you're like, I don't have two hours to get to the gym, well, I can't work out. But if your hack is, well, I do, you know, 20 minutes of Tabata in my living room or I go with my kid to her soccer game and on the sideline while she's playing soccer, I'm doing like push-ups and squats and lunges. Yeah, you know, but then your kid really hates you, right? then, Then you become the parent that everybody staring and pointing at or and nobody wants to carpool with <laughs> Kathleen I love Kathleen, it you don't you're have, the parent I know totally you don't have kids I do <laughs> totally but I do have clients who do that right. or they'll drop their kid off and then they'll go for a run like yeah, around ta- the okay I have to tell you talk to their kids <laughs> you're like see, they hate them see if they're cool with that hack Anyways, <laughs> okay well on. then you're not gonna like the next hack because right, it's on. even goofier alright let's hear it <laughs> <laughs> I like. I love the look on your face. You're like, Kathleen, go have kids, and then you can talk. Fair enough. The next hack is turning chores into a workout. So okay. if you're out with your kids yeah. or by yourself, you can do it by yourself. You know, if you're waiting in line, do some calf raises. If you're in the mall, see somebody ahead of you that you're like, okay, well, that person in the red shirt, we're going to walk as fast as we can up to that person. So see, like I, little, I, little intervals. I think you're, you know, you're taking the wrong message away from what I was saying. Okay. I'm saying if you really particularly want to humiliate your kids, these are fantastic <laughs> ideas. <laughs> okay. So, you know, making a spectacle 
all of yourself in line. I can't think of a way to mortify my daughter or I son. You know, that's brilliant. Well, and in you're my a genius. Mind, I'm a genius. In my mind, it's all about modeling healthy behavior. And sure. I think part of healthy behavior is just not taking yourself too seriously. You know, just sort of saying it doesn't matter what other people think of me. What matters is am I healthy? Am I happy? Am I goofy? Am I finding the yeah, joy sure. in every moment? Right. And you know, maybe the answer is if you're running short on time and you you have a busy schedule with kids or grandkids or you know whoever you're taking care of why not just do stuff together instead oh my god yeah right i mean that's a hack i mean it's kind of an obvious one but you know working out as a family i think could be very rewarding and you know you're killing two birds with one stone right totally well and one of the ways that i'll take that hack and sort of go farther forward is you can make some type of like family competition out of it but like a fun one so you could say you know whoever meets their fitness goals this week gets to pick the family movie night mm-hmm. or like it's a non-food related prize or the next car trip we go on you get to pick the uh, the music for the car trip if you uh, well, you get really as many don't steps. have kids you know <laughs> if you have to listen to your kids choice of music on a long car trip you know that could be a, a great source of discord in the car i'm just i'm just putting that out there <laughs> no but saying. but i think your point is well taken yeah I, so mask it to or like yeah. model it to what your of family course. would want yeah but you could do so many fun ways or even just i do actually have clients who do this with their kids yep. in front of the tv they have like plank competitions or push-up competitions oh, for sure. yeah, or yeah. things like that you know who can hold the squat the longest so you know just make it fun or Make it fun with your office. So if you really don't want to humiliate your kids and you really think that I'm totally, you know, lost my marbles for good today, do it with your office. So you sort of say whoever gets the most amount of steps this week at the sure. office gets to pick, you know, the healthy breakfast versus the the muffins or whatever. Or the person who gets the least amount of steps has to bring in the healthy food right, or, or you tie whatever. You tie it to a charity. I know yeah. uh, oh, my, that's wife's, a better idea. my wife's work, they had like a month-long step contest and it was getting crazy. I mean, people... people People were walking to work that would normally have a 20-minute commute, so they had like serious amounts of steps. People really got into it. I love it. And if you don't want competition with your work or your your family, then you can make friendly competition with yourself. The trick is is to make your reward not food-related, right? So mm-hmm. as opposed to saying, well, I've done really well, I get to have 17 cookies, it's like, well, you know, I've, I made my steps today, I get to have a bubble bath, or I made my steps today, I get to watch a movie, or I get to, like, you know, go for a walk with my partner or whatever in your mind is rewarding or I get to every time I exercise I put you know two dollars into a jar and then when I get 50 bucks I get to go buy a new you know outfit from Lululemon or something you know you get to go buy a piece of exercise clothing that then is going to spiral positively forward because then you're more likely to want to go work out if you look good and that that for sure no that's a great idea so it's really, again, it's about what works for you. You think that new clothing doesn't work for you? Well, then skip that. But you could do a visual reward where you put a calendar up on your fridge and every time you exercise, you put like a red star for a strength workout and a blue star for cardio. And sometimes just the personal satisfaction of like, I got 10 stars this month or whatever it is yeah. can be really great. Or some people love Excel spreadsheets, right? They love looking at the numbers and being, you know, or get a step counter and then the step counter says, to you, you've made your goal, and they love that. It's enough of a reward. Yeah, all those are great ideas. So, like, if we're designing a hack, 
What should we keep in mind? Like, like, like these are all great ideas, but you you were talking about it being right for you. So what advice do you have? I think matching it to your personality. So for example, if you're a really big social person, getting a fitness buddy is a really good idea, right? If you really crave outside accountability, getting a buddy, signing up for a class, if you're motivated by, you know, money, then sign up for something where you have to give money in advance and then you're not going to want to lose the money. If you really don't like being with people, then it's more of the solitary rewarding yourself kind of aspect. If one of your impediments to working out is that you're worried about injuring yourself, well then maybe that's where you look into getting a trainer, you know, once or twice to show you good form. If you know that one of the reasons why you often skip a workout is because you're like, well, I'm just going to go out and have dinner with some friends, then you're like, well, maybe you get those friends to go for a walk instead of going for food. So you make it more of a social event. I often meet my girlfriends for fitness classes and then we go for some coffee after. So I marry something that I love exercise, but with something else that really motivates me, that personality, that seeing my my friends. You know, and life is busy, so often I don't see people if I don't actually do it with a workout. Yeah, those are very creative ideas. Mine tend to be more rudimentary ideas. Like, for example, for me, proximity is a huge issue, right? If you're signing up to go to classes that are more than, let's say, I don't know, 15-minute drive, you're probably not going to follow through. And the other thing I like are sort of mini goals that you can do along the way. So maybe you're doing deadlifts and you want to increase by 20 pounds, or maybe you can't do pull-ups, by the way, these are taken from real life, as you might be able to imagine. And, you know, just setting a goal for yourself of getting over like a little hump, it's not something that's going to take you six months to do. Maybe it's something, if you turned your mind to it, you know, it might only be a couple of weeks work. I think that's helpful and it keeps you motivated in the moment. I think that that point really connects to my overall message of just consistency. Right. And so you have to make it convenient. So if that's working out at work or at home or in your day, because consistency is what gets you to those mini goals, which gets you to your bigger goals. The best workout is mood if you can't actually do it. True enough. Well, thank you for coming in today. That's all the time we have. I love it. Next time you come in, we're going to discuss the importance of sleep, right? I love sleep. We've got to take a short break, but when we return, we'll learn how to have a healthy Thanksgiving on The Tonic. At Caregiver Services Limited, we specialize in 12 to 24-hour private care for seniors in private homes, hospitals, or facilities. We provide the highest level of customized service for families looking for a caregiver or personal support worker. To ensure the highest quality of care and support, we limit the number of clients we service. Whether you're looking for general live-in care or have more significant needs related to mobility issues, dementia, or palliative care, finding someone who's a great fit is most important. At Caregiver Services Limited, our highly experienced staff specialize in meeting the unique needs of 12 to 24-hour care. For more information, please visit caregiverservices.ca. Let our family help care for yours. The Big Carrot has been advocating against GMOs in our food system since 1999, and they are the founding members of the Non-GMO Project. This food label provides verified non-GMO choices and protects our right to know what is in the food that we're feeding our families. October is Non-GMO Month, and to celebrate on October 15th, the Big Carrot will donate 5% of the sale of Non-GMO Project verified products back to support the mission of the organization. Be sure to look for that butterfly, the Big Carrot, living better together. This is The Tonic on Zoomer Radio. 
My next guest, Carolyn Tanner-Cohen, is owner and founder of Delicious Dish Cooking School in Toronto. She's been teaching cooking classes for over 17 years. She has a science background which edifies her interest in health and fueling the body with foods that will optimize health. Carolyn teaches people how to meal plan, eat healthy, cook with natural whole foods, and organize their kitchen. She teaches new cooks, seasoned cooks, university students who are living on their own for the first time, nannies, housekeepers, and everyone in between. For more information about Carolyn, visit deliciousdish.ca. Welcome back to the show. Hi, Jamie. So it's Turkey Month. It is Turkey Month. That's my cute way of saying it's Thanksgiving, which is the festival of overeating. I was just going to say that. And, you know, lots of people go in with great intentions and big aspirations and hopes, and they come out feeling logy and that they've stuffed themselves to the gill, but we're going to help them out today, right? Absolutely. It's one of those seasons where you find yourself in March saying, oh, this must have started in October. And it is. It's the starting point of overeating season. So let's get out in front of it. Let's give the listeners some ideas on prepping for what is essentially a big eating day. Let's give them some tools so that they can get through it smoothly. What do you think? I think that's great. I think we really need to focus on two specific topics. Sure. One is how to stay on top of it right from the beginning and also recipes and actual putting food into your body to stay on top of it. Let's do the pre-day Okay. Ritual. Like Sounds what, great. What would you do to get ready for, for a big day of eating? Okay. So first of all, I would have a plan. Yep. So you wake up in the morning. The first thing you want to do is drink a glass of warm water with lemon. It really gets your body flushed out. You're thinking about putting something healthy into your body and then plan on exercising that day, even if you have tons of stuff to do. I could not agree with you more. Carve out an hour and a half, whatever it is, go to the gym, go for a run. Yeah. But then at least if you're going to eat later, you can say to yourself, yes, but I, you know, I've already burned some calories and it just puts yourself in the, in the mindset. Plus it will actually help you burn more calories. For sure. And you'll feel good about it, as you said, mindset. Yeah. Okay. And then the next thing I would make sure is you plan a water schedule for yourself. So you're drinking that first eight eight ounces of lemon water in the morning, Mm -hmm. but then I would plan on having another liter of water, let's say before 11 a.m. Right. And then another liter before two or three And then if you could fit in a little bit more, maybe another liter, half a liter before dinner, you'll really set yourself up for success. Okay. That's a lot of water, though. It is, Jamie. You're going to have to find a few bathrooms. I think you're right. (laughs) Anyway, the water fills you up a little bit. It makes you feel good. And it sort of puts you in that mindset of, oh, I'm eating healthy today. Right. And also, if you're drinking, let's face it, alcohol, even wine is dehydrating. Absolutely. And prepping yourself with the water, particularly if you've worked out because that's dehydrating too. Yes. You want to make sure that you're replenishing your body. Yes. And the other thing is that when you're drinking a lot of water, you're feeling a little bit fuller. And then you'll be more interested in putting healthier things into your body. The second thing is you definitely want to eat lunch. A lot of people go into that day saying, I'm going to skip lunch so I could eat more at dinner time. That is not a way to succeed. You're going to end up cramming in the sugar well before dinner because you're starving. I agree. Okay. Unless you're nushing all day, like you're picking and eating things as you're cooking, just keep that in mind. That's eating too. That is food. It is. Absolutely. Okay. So the other thing I'll tell you is that, so I said you want to have a good breakfast and a good lunch. Right. Full of protein and fiber. And the other thing is that you want to skip out on the hors d'oeuvres if you can, especially the things that you get all year round, like cheese and crackers. Why eat that? Right. It's wasted calories. Just go right for dinner or just pick at the vegetables. At are the are you talking about as a guest or as a host? I'm talking about as a guest or a host because you might be making uh, cheese and crackers as a host. Just skip out on eating them. 
Okay. Okay. So I'd like to get into more. Actually, one more thing before we get into yeah. recipes is the alcohol. Yep. Okay, so we all have a glass of wine here and there, but just remember that wine is full of sugar. Mm -hmm. And I know we like that sort of warm, cozy feeling of drinking a glass of wine, but the best thing to drink is probably a cleaner alcohol like tequila. So what I like to do is I'll have a a tequila-type drink that has tequila, lime juice, tons of ice, and maybe some soda water. And you still get your alcohol, and you're still sipping at it with a bunch of friends or your Thanksgiving dinner, and you're drinking something clean that has no sugar in it. Right, and the less sugar you have the better your post-drinking, perhaps, hangover experience will be. Oh, yes, because most of your hangover is from sugar and from dehydration. Okay. So you're drinking the water, and you're not having the sugar. All right, so let's let's talk about hosting. I alluded to it before. Okay. What are your tips for hosting? Okay, so my tips for hosting is you want to make yourself things that you want to eat. So, for instance, if you want to have a slice of turkey, that's great, but don't overload on the sugary and the high-fat foods. So make sure you're making something that's healthier but still has that Thanksgiving feel. So for instance, instead of using regular potatoes, use sweet potatoes. If you want to make a very large mashed potato dish, instead of making mashed potatoes, you could use cauliflower. You could just boil up your cauliflower, drain it and wait till it cools, process it in a food processor, add a little bit of butter, add a little bit of milk or cream, but then you don't have the white potato. And you can then put that into your casserole dish with some salt and pepper, and you could rebake that and reheat it. So it's a do-ahead mashed potato-like dish. Right. I think if you're going to go for the healthy foods, roasting vegetables is always a great idea yes. because you don't have to add much to it. It will naturally caramelize, so you're getting some of the sweetness out of the vegetables. And having a salad, which perhaps has some cruciferous vegetables like shaved Brussels sprouts or cauliflower. Very filling. Will be filling. Absolutely. And uh, you can brighten them up with lemon, and there's another healthy dish for Yeah. You. Have you ever had a stuffing made with roast vegetables as opposed to bread? I have not. Okay, so this is what I love to do. So I roast a couple sheets of vegetables like parsnips and carrots and turnips and sweet potatoes and squash, Mm -hmm. and then tons and tons of mushrooms, and then once, and onions as well, and once that mixture has come out of the oven and cooled, I put it in a food processor and pulse it, Mm -hmm. and then you could put that into a casserole dish, season it with salt and pepper, obviously. You could even mix an egg or two into it, a scrambled egg, and rebake it, and it looks like Like a a stuffing. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a pudding, but you've left a lot of texture to it, so it actually looks like a stuffing, but you don't have the bread cubes. And, you know, you can cook the stuffing outside of the bird if you happen to be cooking a turkey or chicken or a capon, and uh, it's easier to get texture that way. For sure. And most people like to put rice into that also if they're trying to keep it gluten-free. And it's another way of keeping it gluten-free. You can mix cooked wild rice or cooked quinoa into this stuffing mixture and put it in the casserole dish and back into the oven. The one last thing I will tell you, Jamie, is that if you are at somebody's house and it is a buffet, what I always find to be very successful is get in the back of the line. Don't be first to the buffet table, and then you're last to sit down at the table. You're eating a little bit slower, and don't go back for seconds. Yeah, that's toughy. It's tough. That's tough because, you you know, if you're at the back of the line, you may not get what you want. Somebody may run out. You have to have faith that the host has enough food. You can assess your host. You have to know your host. (laughs) So let's talk a little bit more about guesting. We've done hosting. Yes. Let's, Let's chat about guesting. Let's do that. Okay, so guesting. You are the guest. Yeah. So offer to bring two things, two things that you know are good foods for you to eat. So if you're keeping healthy or you're eating gluten-free, make sure that you're making the dish that you're going to be able to eat. Don't offer to make the fruit platter. 
Okay, yeah. So the fruit platter, right? Uh, yes, you you're big on not offering to make the fruit platter. Well, the, is that here's right? the thing. Here's the thing about the fruit platter. First of all, it's a lot of work Tons. if you're actually gonna like unless yeah. you're just gonna go to the store and buy a fruit platter. Right. It's a lot of work. Right. And number two, whoever gets the fruit platter, if you're assigned the fruit platter, you know what that means? Yeah. That means that nobody trusts your cooking right. skills, right? Because all you're doing is cutting. But this is your time to shine. That's true. Okay, so shine it up. Fair enough. So what would you okay. recommend? What, so I recommend doing a, sort of like a side dish that has protein in it. Okay. Okay, so maybe something like a stuffing with quinoa. Okay. Okay, so that has natural vegan, gluten-free protein. Okay, that's yep. number one. And then I always like to bring a dessert that's healthy. Okay, okay. what are examples of that? Okay, so what I like to do for Thanksgiving is I'll make like a baked granola pear, let's say. Mm-hmm. So I take pears, I scoop them out, I drizzle them with maple syrup, I put oats and nuts, like a mixture of a granola type topping. Oats, nuts, a little bit of coconut sugar, a little bit of coconut oil, all mixed together on top of the pear, put them in the oven and bake them, okay, for about 350 for about 40 minutes. And you can make all those pear halves well in advance, bring them on a beautiful platter, ask the hostess or host to reheat them or not, and Mm -hmm. serve them like that. So you still feel like you're having a sweet treat, but you don't need to go for the pie. Okay. We only have a few minutes left. Yep. Really quick, I want you to pick some items that are traditionally on the Thanksgiving table. Yep. And then I I want you to swap them for something that's healthier. Okay. So here we go. Firstly, we could do a soup. So I like to make a soup, and I really do love a pureed cream type soup, but I never, ever use cream, ever. So what I do instead is I'll use a can of coconut milk, light coconut milk, yep. or I'll use almond milk if there's no allergies. And so where the recipe might say a half a cup of heavy cream, instead you're blending it with a plant milk of some sort. Okay. Okay, and all vegetable, and make sure that this soup is vegetable-based, not just vegetables in it. Okay, let's have another hack. Okay, another hack that I like to do, again, is these great dessert. Actually, let's go back back a little bit. A cauliflower mash is okay. what I like to do. So I mix cauliflower and sweet potato, puree that together with a little bit of plant milk and an egg. I put that into a casserole dish and I rebake that when I want to go ahead and make it. So this way I could do it the day before Thanksgiving and heat it up right before we serve it on the table. Okay, one last quick hack. Do you have one more? One last quick hack. I don't add regular sugar to my desserts anymore. I add coconut sugar. Fantastic. Well, that's unfortunately all the time we have today. But we've given everybody some great ideas. Yes. You're going to come back next month and we're going to do breakfast, right? Healthy breakfast on the go and not on the go. We've got to take a short break. But when we return, we're going to discuss what do you do when your children return back to the empty nest on the tonic. And now the soul segment with spiritual medium, transpersonal therapist and teacher, Lisa Marvin. Through her use of tarot cards, your questions about love, money and career are sure to be answered. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining me for this week's soul segment. The way this works is that I have pulled three cards to get a glimpse as to what to expect for the week. The first card is the energy that has brought you to where you are now. The second card is what you need to focus on right now. And the third card is the energy that's going to carry you into the future. Today, we'll be focusing on your love life. The first card is the strength card. This means that you're starting to learn how to empower yourself in love, not overpower the situation. Because of this, where you are now is the lover's card. This is a great card in the love category. The lover's means that you're ready to make a deep connection on a higher level. This connection may be within yourself or with someone else. 
Because of the strong connection, the last card is the hanged man. This means that you will no longer feel like you are sitting in limbo. You are ready to experience even more deep and meaningful feelings. You will no longer be frustrated and you'll open yourself up to new and wonderful experiences. Good luck. Thanks for joining me and looking forward to connecting again next week. This has been the Soul Segment with Lisa Marvin. To contact Lisa with your questions, please visit metaphysique.ca. I'd like to give a shout out to our new sponsor, Omega Alpha. This company is 100% Canadian owned. Their team consists of allopathic and naturopathic doctors, nutritionists, researchers, and other scientific professionals, all led by their CEO, Dr. Gordon Chang. Formulations are created on their 40,000 square foot facility located in Toronto. Omega Alpha uses only the highest quality ingredients to manufacture the most efficacious yet price-friendly nutraceuticals. For more information about Omega Alpha, visit OmegaAlphaInc.com. Hi, this is Jamie Busson. I'm not only the host of the Tonic Talk Show, I'm also the publisher of Tonic Magazine. Tonic is a health and wellness magazine distributed with the Globe and Mail to home subscribers in the most affluent neighborhoods in Toronto. It's also available free on racks at over 150 locations across the GTA. For more information about Tonic Magazine, visit tonictoronto.com. Hey, if you like the Tonic Talk Show, you'll love Tonic Magazine, and vice versa. You're listening to The Tonic on Sumer Radio. My next guest is Leslie Sandler-Griff. She's been practicing as a social worker who specializes in couples therapy for over 20 years. For more information about her practice, please visit lesliesandlergriff.com. Welcome back. Thank you. Last time you came on the show, we discussed issues relating to the empty nest. Today, we're going to flash forward. Pretend you're an empty nester and your child or children or maybe even your children's children come back to the roost. There's lots of things that flow from that. Let's start with the most obvious. What is the impact on the parents? Well, it could be multi-issued, but obviously there's the issue of space. There's the issue of potential time. There's the issue of the relationship between the parent and returning adult child. You know, it's multi, multi-level. And the parent needs to be able to protect themselves, I suppose, from the impact that could potentially be negative, negative toward their negative feelings toward having their child return, and some very positive feelings that could in fact negatively impact the parent. The parent then resumes the role of, you know, involved parent as opposed to, you know, taking care of themselves going on to their next stage of life. And the child becomes the main focus again, even though the child is an adult and probably needs to be more independent than they were when they were living at home the last time. And the child may not even want to be the focused anymore, right? You know, like, yes, they're coming home for whatever reason, and we'll get into that. Right. But but they may not even want to have their parents sort of micromanage, fawn, you know, and, and deal with all those issues right. anymore. So often they don't. Often when an adult child is returning, yeah. it is with mixed feelings on their part. I'm sure. It could be that they are doing it for financial reasons. It could be that they're doing it because they have been sort of 
not as successful as they would have liked to be in the world beyond their their family their original family home so there's lots of issues for the the adult child returning and if the parent is not really clear about the focus of why the return is happening and what they can do as the parent to sort of facilitate continued independence of their adult child. Because after all, regardless of what stage you are as a parent, your job, and I will maintain this from sort of day one until the end of time, is to ensure that your child has the strength and the ability and the the, the knowledge to be able to be successful in the world. Right. And I think you know, different people have different views on how we're raising our kids. Are we actually raising them to be independent, to move on as adults? Or have we sort of bubble wrapped them and made them sort of incapable of moving forward? I, you know, I have some thoughts about it, you know, like I, I wonder, but then I, I look and I see the way the economy works today. And in particular, in a city like Toronto, where it's so expensive to live, right. you can have successful kids who still might not be able to live independently just because of the realities of the economy. No question. I mean, you know, the, the, the financial implications of being out on your own in this city in particular are, you know, more so huge than for many other areas in Canada and North America. Not to say that you can't do it here, you just have to do it wisely, which is part of the impact of returning home. What's the plan? Is there a plan? And who creates the plan? Is it a joint effort between the parent and the child? like the the adult child returning home or is it a is it a plan that the parent has to trust the child has has developed and not ask about it because they are after all adults right or is it something that the parent needs to orchestrate and control because Otherwise, they feel like this could be a forever thing. I think that's the great fear for the parents, right? That either the child never learns how to be independent or doesn't have the skill set to be independent. And you have somebody who's living in your basement until their 30s, perhaps 40s. So that's a, that's a scary thought. Right. And I mean, it would, as a parent, it would really get in the way of next steps in your life. For sure. So you really, as a parent, want to be able to tread the fine line between, you know, the control of the adult child and their plan. Right. And giving yourself some protection for your own future. Let's let's start with like sort of some of the issues that come up. You know, for the most part, there's a whole subset of young adults who are coming back to home to stay so that they can save monies for next steps. Perhaps it's continued education or saving up for a home. What sort of issues arise there specifically? So, you know, they leave and their children and they come back and they're adults and they have been on their own for a period of time, maybe financially independent, maybe not, depending what their situation was in terms of, of schooling. But there has to be a time frame that is outlined in the return. Right. How long is optimal? 
and I'm not here to say wh- how much time is optimal, but I believe every parent-child situation needs to discuss that. Right. So I'm going to. St- I'm coming back home for two or three years. I need to save X dollars for a down payment. Okay. So you're gonna you're gonna save X dollars. How are you going to do that? Right. If you have a job. Is it a consistently paying job? How much do you how much do you see on each paycheck? Right. How much do you need to, you know, squirrel away in terms of a nest egg for yourself? What's reasonable in terms of your own social, you know, comings and goings? Right. You know, you're gonna go out for coffee and brunch every weekend. Avocado toast, you know. Exactly. Or are you going to are you going to pay rent still? Right. And and from the parent's perspective, you're bringing somebody back into your house. They're eating your food, right? Look at the way I'm phrasing it. They're eating your food, yeah. right? They're living under your roof. Are they contributing towards utilities? Are they paying rent? You know. And and all of those things need to be discussed preferably beforehand at the juncture where okay, is this something that we're going to do or are you are you going to stay out? Right. And if you're going to come home, what's that going to look like? What are you going to be paying rent? If you are, how much? I would really highly suggest that it's not a policing thing right. where the parent is constantly asking. Knocking on the door. Where's you your know, monthly rent? Yeah. Knock, knock, knock. If not, you know, there's an eviction notice coming. You just don't want to get into that with your adult kid. So how are you going to ward against that? Aside from the money, there's also issues of cohabitation in terms of privacy and expectations on responsibilities. You know, are they walking the dog? Are they emptying the dishwasher? Are they doing the grocery shop? Are they on their own schedule? Are they home for meals? You know, those types of issues come up again, right? Absolutely. And and part of it is, you know, you're in you you've almost set yourself up as a kind of roommate situation. Right. <laughs> but roommate with your child is very different because you are still the parent. And it doesn't matter. I mean, you know, I, I can think about myself. I go to my mom's for dinner and I'm still have to remind myself sitting at the table, oh, I should get up and, and help. And, right. you know, yeah. I, I mean, I, I do, of course, yeah. but there is this default mechanism that I feel most adult children have when they walk into their family of origin house that, you know, makes them more childlike. For sure. And if you are inviting your child to come home, you don't want that childlike situation to be hampering how you feel about your kid. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's one thing to have them for dinner once a week, right. but it's another thing to live with them. And then you talk about privacy, your own privacy as a parent, their privacy in terms of other relationships that they may have. Are they allowed to have friends over? What will that look like? Do you need to know them first? Do you need to be notified of that prior to it happening? There are so many different levels of, I guess, pieces where there could be snags and it's just to me it's communication 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 when there's something that arises talk about it figure it out if you're worried about something bring it forward each person both the child and the parent have equal obligation to do that but probably the parent needs to protect their environment for themselves in a different way 
Well, that's great advice. Unfortunately, that's all the time we have today. Will you come back next month? Sure. I'd like to. Sure. I'd like to talk about extended families next month. The dynamics when when there's new spouses or new partners. Yeah, no, that's definitely a great topic and something I look forward to uh, talking with you about. Fantastic. Thank you for listening to the Tonic. You can download this episode as a podcast on zoomerradio.ca and thetonic.ca. For great articles about health and wellness, be sure to pick up your copy of Tonic Magazine. Tonic is available free on racks at over 200 locations across the GTA and delivered with the Globe and Mail to home subscribers in 11 choice neighborhoods in Toronto. Or you can visit our website at tonictoronto.com. If you're interested in providing feedback or coming on the show, you can email me at jamie at tonictoronto.com. Please join us next week on The Tonic when we'll discuss sex over 60, advocating for your loved ones, and recreational cannabis 101. Until then, this is Jamie Busson wishing you a healthy and happy week. Please consult a healthcare professional before starting any diet, exercise, supplementation, or medication program. This has been a paid announcement. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.